Hey guys, what's up, and welcome to Women in the Photo Pit, a music photography podcast dedicated to featuring badass women music photographers. My name is Boston Schultz, and I'm a music photographer based in Los Angeles, California. I started doing these interviews in 2018 and figured it was time to convert it to a podcast. Now, today's episode is interviewing Annabelle Deflux, who is also a music photographer based in L.A., I met her a few months ago and she is incredible. Not only is she a rad music photographer, she's also an incredible pet photographer and a Sigma ambassador. This interview was previously made for my YouTube channel, but in it she talks about what it's like being a music photographer, how she got into photography, what it's like being a Sigma ambassador, and just overall tips and tricks for photography businesses. She gives so much insight. This is seriously a great, great interview, so I urge you guys to all listen to the whole thing, even though it's a long one. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Annabelle. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love doing these interviews and getting like other people's just input on like being a concert photographer and being in this industry. So let's just do a quick intro of like who you are, how you got started and all that fun stuff. Perfect. So I'm going to try and keep that quick because I feel like it's quite a story, but uh, my name is Annabelle D. Flux. I am a photographer in sunny Los Angeles, California. I've been photographing for about 11 years now. Um, Actually, no, I've been photographing longer than that, but I opened my business about 11 years ago. Aww. That's when I consider myself as having actually worked as a photographer. Um, I started on a whim. It was Photography was not something that I purposefully got into. I was gifted a camera um, after my family ran out of art forms to gift me because I was always a very artistic kid. I was always drawing and painting and doing whatnot. And photography was the one thing that I hadn't tried yet. Um, and when they handed a camera to me, everything else just seemed so obsolete. I just became so in love with it. And it got to the point where my passion was just so powerful for it that there was nothing else in this world I wanted to do. So I began pursuing photography quite seriously. Um, I graduated high school when I was 15 years old in order to actually pursue photography. I proceeded to go to school for business and uh, visual communications. And throughout that entire time, which is completely devoted to my craft and here we are now. <laughs> nice. That's so exciting that you had like such a long-term love with photography because a lot of people that I meet that are more so like starting out. So I love like being able to bring in your perspective of like being in the industry for so long. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So some quick like questions right before we get into like more of the meat uh <laughs> detailed questions are you a nikon canny canon canny are you a nikon canon or a sony shooter or other for camera bodies i do use canon and sony and for lenses i use sigma nice very fun Okay, and then what was the favorite show, your most favorite show that you've ever photographed? Oh gosh, I feel like every time I get hit with that question, it's so hard to answer because there's something in every show that I end up loving. And I'm not just trying to say that to kind of kiss butt to every show that I shoot, but you find something in it that makes it sentimental for you. Yeah. 
goodness. In terms of an aesthetic perspective, I really do appreciate concerts that, again, have more of a theatrical presence to them. Mm -hmm. um, I've shot all sorts of bands that I would consider theatrical, such as Judas Priest, that have nice. incredible, like absolutely incredible sets, amazing lights. Uh, Nightwish has done the same thing. I've worked with yeah. Wednesday 13 quite a bit. And of course, they come out in full costumes. I've even gone as far as to photograph Guar and In This Moment that also bring something really interesting to the show. So from a visual perspective, it would probably be that. Uh, from a sentimental perspective, it would be essentially photographing any band that I managed to develop some sort of personal relationship with, because I feel like as a photographer, you see a different side to them, whether you're shooting concerts or you're shooting promotional images, because you get to know them on a little bit more of a raw aspect. Because yeah. in order to be a good photographer, you kind of have to understand what their stage presence is, how they perform, what aesthetics they like, what they're looking for. So definitely the shows in which I've developed kind of a long-standing relationship with an artist are the ones that I find the most sentimental. <laughs> yeah, I love that you say that because that brings to mind for me, I work with a few local bands a lot and hearing them interact with your photos and like what they like and then you grow from it and learn and like it's like you're learning from them they're learning from you and you just like have this bond together I love that that's also like one of my favorite things I agree it's a beautiful symbiotic relationship right there especially when you get a band that goes you know what let's try something completely out of the box completely yeah. different and you're like, yeah. hey, I've never done that before. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. And yeah. You develop your craft so much further that way. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. Um, and then what are your, like, bucket list shows that are still on your list to shoot that you would love to? Not to in any way sound egoistic, but I only have one left. <laughs> nice. I've been doing this for so long yeah, that yeah. I've even tried to like very specifically pursue certain artists that I've been wanting to photograph just because I like something that they bring to the table in that regards. But Ramstein would be the oh, one I have course. not gotten to yet. <laughs> That's, that would 100% be a great one. So I totally get that. They don't do a lot of like united states stuff though either no unfortunately not cool so let's dig more into concert photography so can you talk a little bit about like how you got started in concert photography and like why music because you talked about like how you started a long time ago with photography but like how specifically or like how long ago did you get started in concerts and like how did that ball get rolling so concerts was about a year after I had started photography because I actually started photographing animals exclusively. And I was that teenager who was like, I'm not photographing any people. I don't like photographing people. I'm not going to do this. I'm only going to photograph people's pets. <laughs> that was like my, you know, when you're a teenager, you're just so yeah. like set on one thing. You're like, I'm yeah. not going to do that. And mom, you don't <laughs> understand. Um, but a friend of mine was dating a musician at the time and he desperately needed some photos. And I happened to be the only one who knew how to operate a camera. So she spent time just like begging me. She's like, can you please take photos of my boyfriend? My goodness. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. No, he's not a dog. Like I can't. He's but, not a dog. <laughs> but it got to the point where she was just so persistent. I couldn't say no to her anymore. And I go, fine, fine, let's do this. And it opened up this whole new world where I now get to tell teenagers, you know what, you really should be open-minded. You really should try something different and try everything you can under the sun because you don't know what you'll actually like. Yeah. 
So I just fell in love with the incredible personalities you get to capture and just the energy of a live concert is nothing like it. And it's universal among all genres. You can get that kind of energy from like a little indie show to a pop show to a rock mm -hmm. concert to country. It exists everywhere and it's just incredible to be a part of that world in at least a visual sense. Um, I grew up always loving music ever since I was a little kid. Music has always been something that I turned to um, in regards to making myself feel better or like setting a mood for something or just listening out of just pure enjoyment of music. So when I started doing concert photography and really actually tried it and realized how much I love it, it kind of merged my already existing love for music and made yeah. me want to contribute in that industry in some capacity because as much as I do all sorts of art forms, I have no musical talent whatsoever. That That is the one talent that just passed right over me. I've got nothing. It's like an elephant stepped on my ear if I'm trying to do any sort of music. <laughs> so at least I found a way to contribute to that industry in my own way, utilizing the talents that I do actually have. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think that there's just kind of a common love of music from everyone I've talked to that's been in this industry it's really just like the love of music that pulls us all in and definitely because I can't say any sane person would want to do this willingly <laughs> I mean it's a True. difficult world uh, for many reasons whether it's you're talking about it being difficult physically I mean it's mm -hmm. very long hours you don't sleep especially when you tour you're like oh what is sleep I'm gonna sleep at two in the afternoon until four and stay up till six or something of the yeah. sort or the equipment being heavy and having to deal with um, a crowd I primarily work in rock and metal so mm -hmm. the crowds can be very aggressive and for someone who's 99 pounds and five five that's a little terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah so no, I totally get that it's one of those things where if I didn't love it as much as I did, I probably would have gone to a little bit of a safer genre for photography in terms of my own physical well-being and stress levels. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one thing that people don't realize when they get into this industry is like how much of this really puts like a toll on your body. And it sounds weird because it's not like a physical job by like any means when you talk about like oh photography like my my back hurts at the end of the day like my feet hurt like when you're talking about like festivals you're just like exhausted your body is physically exhausted because you have that heavy gear you you're running around all the time um and that that's like excluding the conditions if you're shooting oh. out in the desert or in the rain or wherever it is and then like you were saying if you're on tour you know you don't get that much sleep you like are constantly on you're constantly working so yeah that's one thing that i think a lot of people don't recognize oh yeah it's when they actually step into it and they go wait how long am i supposed to stand on my feet like yeah. the whole night depending on what you're doing and it's and even on on smaller shows or like you know I can just like run in and shoot the band that I want and run out you realize oh a lot of those shows don't have photo pits which means you need to stake your spot out early unless you want to be that person who shoves all the paying customers out of the way mm -hmm. which you probably shouldn't do because they're the reason that the band even has a platform to perform on yeah so there's yeah. there's a lot that I believe a lot of people don't think about until they actually step into it, which is why I'm always like, hey, if you want to get into music photography, go to a local dive bar, go to like a small local venue and actually try it out because it sounds fantastic on paper. 
but yeah. you have to be kind of thrust into it to decide if this is something that you generally want to do or do you want to go more into the promotional side of it where you just do the promo images for the commercial mm -hmm. side of it or just produce social media content because social media is so prevalent now that there's a whole genre dedicated to social media content photography which didn't exist once upon a time <laughs> yeah that's that's a great tip to like tell everyone to go to like a local dive bar and just like really really get your feet wet and test it out because there's I mean, no camera restrictions yeah <laughs> yeah, and that's how I started. Like I was emailing local dive bars and all of them were just like, yeah, come in. We don't care. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And then I would show up and like learning those late nights and how long it took, you know, to be at one show and how you have to be, you know, there the whole time, regardless of like... <laughs> really anything that's going on and then you have to go home and edit and i think a lot of people misunderstand like what editing entails and how long it actually is oh goodness especially when you're taking several thousand shots of a show and you're looking and you have to call through all of it when i used to work for publications i still do on a freelance basis but i'm more oriented on working directly with artists nice. uh, but when i used to do kind of exclusively publications you have a turnaround time of 24 hours or else the show's not relevant anymore. Yeah. That's the problem with it. It's just it stops being relevant, in which case, yeah, the band can use the photos for content, but in terms of getting it up into a publication, who's gonna care about a show that happened two weeks ago? Yeah. I learned <laughs> that the hard way. I like waited on sending out images for a like big name celebrity. And their PR was like, send them to us within the next like 36 hours. So I waited. I sent mine, like, I started editing mine the next day. The one guy that edited his that night, his images got featured on the cover of Rolling Stone. Oh. And that was just like, <laughs> just my heart hurt so bad after that. And I was like, you know, not that my images, you know, were better saying that like he didn't deserve it. Just the the fact that I didn't even give that opportunity to myself, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go home and sleep instead of edit. And it was definitely a learning uh, <laughs> on my part to just be like, no, this industry is very much about timely and doing it fast. Absolutely, and honestly, that happens to everybody. We all have to go through it to really understand what it is. It's one of the yeah. things like, are you really a music photographer until that's happening? <laughs> Yeah, you get your heart broken a few times and then you're a music photographer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the joke of, do you really live in LA until you've gotten a parking ticket? <laughs> yeah, love it. So one question that I wanted to ask is because a lot of people really struggle kind of making money in this industry. So I wanted to talk a little bit about like how you work in this industry. Like, how do you make it, if you don't mind me asking, um, and like, like, do you go on a tour? Like, do, we already talked a little bit about like touring and publications, but like, how do you make money being a concert photographer and being a photographer? So to preface that question, um, to kind of circle back on my history, I went to business school which is one of those things that I feel like anyone who wants to turn art into a profession has to do. Not necessarily that you have to go get a formal education in it, but 
brushing up on business is something that is, in my opinion, completely fundamental to success. Yeah. And that's because no matter what you do, whether you're a, a plumbing company or a painter or a photographer, knowing the basic sense of business and how business works and what you're supposed to do and how you run everything really is so, so key to being successful. Because at the end of the day, this principles apply to everything. Um, yeah. Is why I actually teach business classes as well on how to be do business as a photographer. So when you stop thinking about your art form as exclusively the creation of art, but also, hey, I need to put bread on the table, things start changing the way that you conduct business. So I've always poked around into every different sect of the business that I conduct and see which one actually ends up being profitable at that time. Think about the music industry is that it's so tumultuous. One day you make the most money off of publications and the next day all publications are out of print, they're online and nobody pays for them anymore. Mm -hmm. So you have to find another way to generate some form of income. For me, because I've always liked the relationship that I've had with my clients and having a very personal relationship to be able to capture the images that I capture, I've always kind of pushed on, I'm going to be hired by the individual themselves. I'm not going to try and make money off of publications. I'm going to try and make my income off of working directly for the artist, whether they're small name or big time, because the thing is about small names is that they do end up going big time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like sticking it out and being there for the long run and helping them out along the way. Um, I've poked around into creating content for musicians as well via their record labels, their management companies, their PR companies, and anything that allows me to share my craft with the world in a way that is kind of beneficial for both parties. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I kind of tell people to look for when they are conducting business is figure out who actually writes the checks and go kind of direct to them and chat with them about it. Because sometimes when bands are signed by someone and they're not actually the ones in charge of their finances, they can say, oh, willy nilly, I want to hire you and whatnot. But when it actually comes down to that, things can get a little muddled and I don't like anyone having to be the messenger. It's always better to go direct to the source to make sure there's no form of miscommunication, nothing of the sort. Uh, in terms of conducting your business in a profitable manner, really pay attention to what your client process is. Whether you're a wedding photographer, a music photographer, a pet photographer, understanding and streamlining your client process is really a good way to actually rope them in and get them to keep coming back to you. And what the client process entails is from start to finish, how do you talk to them in the beginning? How do you show your value as a photographer to them in regards to your services? What's your contract process like? Do you just send off a piece of paper or do you actually give them a phone call and talk to them about every point in that contract? What's your shooting process like? How do they pick out photos? Do they get to pick out photos? All the way to the photos are done and I'm delivering them now. So making sure that that process is essentially perfected in such a way that if you were the client and you were approaching yourself, how would you feel about the process? It's a good way to ensure that those clients keep coming back to you no matter what. Um, and as well as that, making sure that all of your legalities are in order because the other thing about making money as a photographer is making sure that you're legally able to make money as a photographer. So it's a good idea to look up uh, local licenses, ordinances, and state laws in regards to that. And then it boils down to your advertising and how you show value as a photographer yourself. I know this is kind of going a little bit off topic for music, but since I do such a wide range of photography, I don't consider yeah. 
each niche to be its own individual thing. I kind of see my business as a whole. So it doesn't matter if I'm um, approaching a pet owner to talk about photographing their puppy or a musician to talk about photographing their band. The process is still the same. Yeah. So it's good to make sure that's nailed and then get your advertising in order. Advertising with social media is so easy and cost effective now that everyone really should just sit down and watch a YouTube course on how to advertise on Facebook because that is a great way to rope in people in your area if you do it right. And then you'll only spend a couple bucks versus the once upon a time where you had to actually issue out uh, billboards or traditional marketing or TV commercial or stand on the street like most bands used to with posters and flyers being like, hire me, I'm a photographer. <laughs> no, I love that you're talking about that because there's, I think a lot of good advice there and just thinking about how you communicate with people because I get a lot of uh, like younger photographers come to me with questions and I'm like, you just kind of really need to be like in the industry for a while to learn the ins and outs of it. Like I can only explain so much and you explained a lot there. Um, so I think that's all great advice, but yeah, I, I totally get it when you're founding and like determining your business, it's a more holistic picture than like, I'm a concert photographer. I'm making money off of like being at concerts because there's so much that goes into it. Um, so thank you for that. That's really, really helpful. And here, I mean, just look at the problem we're facing right now. You can't have a concert. What are concert photographers yeah. supposed to do? Type exactly. of thing. You really do need to be inventive as well and kind of change with the industry. I see so much opposition to the way that the industry is going. And I totally understand. I'm not thrilled with a lot of the directions going either, mm -hmm. but that opposition isn't changing anything. It's only stifling you and your ability to adapt <laughs> to what's happening and be able to continue making a living off of it. I mean, yeah. ever since I mentioned content creation earlier, ever since social media became so prevalent, a part of my industry is creating content for bands. And that content is not necessarily concerts. Yeah. Not necessarily we step into a studio and shoot the portraits. It's now turned into, hey, I'm going to go on tour and shoot candid shots of them exploring a city because that's something that's going to actually pay me well in comparison to maybe concerts aren't paying as well anymore. Maybe yeah. promotional images are going to come to you once and use those images for the rest of the year. So that's only one job versus, hey, you need social media and Instagram stuff like constantly. So you constantly have to call someone up to create those high quality images for them. Yeah. And going back to what you said, like the relationship of that is so important. And I guess a tip for anyone that's like listening right now is your relationship doesn't stop when things aren't happening like i've been reaching out to the bands that i work with just asking them how they're doing like what their plans are like if they're okay because i know a few people that are like stranded in different places because they were on tour and stuff like that so i think that there's also an aspect of you know when you're building your clientele and that foundation to like keep them close because then they'll think of you when all of this stuff comes up when they need new photos for that um for their instagram and all of that they'll reach out so and that is of advice excellent <laughs> advice and i completely agree you have to be someone who has a good relationship with them just because you're a good hang or you're you're kind or you just know how to talk to people i mean that's yeah. 
And at the end of the day, it's all the same artistic community. Exactly. So only the artists can kind of vouch for the other artists and only the artists can speak for the other artists. So might as well keep that a family unit rather yeah. than, oh, I'm a lawyer and this is my client that I see <laughs> once every five years. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, I think that there's a lot of things that people right now that are in our industry and as photographers just kind of need to sit down and really think about, use this time to think about their, their business and like how they should move forward and everything. And yeah, I think that you gave a ton of great advice there. And jumping around a little bit, you mentioned your like pet photography a few times, and now I want to talk more about it because <laughs> your pet and wild animal photography is amazing. I'm going to get some photos from you later and probably insert some of your stuff up here so people can see it because, oh my gosh, it's incredible. So... <laughs> Thank you. You were saying earlier that like you, you know, you started because you wanted to like take pictures of puppies and like everyone's pets <laughs> and everything. And I love that. But like, how did that like keep spiraling to like what it is today? Because I feel like you do so much. Oh, goodness. My, my philosophy has always been, if you know the maximum minimum capabilities of your camera, you can photograph anything that inspires you. Because there is no limitation at that point, if you know how yeah. your equipment works. Um, but I got into pets because, I mean, I've been an animal lover since I was a little kid. I grew up with animals at all times. There's never been a point in my life where I've lived without a pet of Aww. some capacity ever. And I have such a deep love and bond and relationship with them that being able to immortalize that in a picture is just so fascinating and incredible to me. And even on kind of a more like emotional, sentimental note, um, Unfortunately, a lot of our pets don't live as long as we want them to. Mm -hmm. So when you capture that beautiful image of them that you can look back on that reminds you of what they were when they were with you is something that's completely invaluable. I mean, there's, you can't put a price tag on that as all, like at all. And I started learning photography by going to the local dog park and just taking pictures, which is, by the way, great advice easiest way to photograph, like figure out how to photograph action and animals and whatnot, just go to the dog park with your camera, sit down and sit there for like an hour or two and photograph animals. I love that. But in doing so, you learn about the people who bring their pets there and you hear their stories and you hear their kind of triumphant stories and you hear their heartbreaks and you realize just how powerful photographs of people's, whether it's their loved ones or their beloved pets, how powerful that really is. And that's something that kind of really pushed me to continue forth because as much as I love photography for myself, I really do kind of pride myself on being the photographer who photographs for others. Mm -hmm. Like these photos, they're not just mine. I don't even see them as mine necessarily. I see them as whoever I'm giving them to, it's their photos. It's something that they cherish and they get to look back on and see. And that really pushes me to pursue photography for the person so I can capture the images that they want, that they consider valuable to them. It's why my music photography is so focused on the relationship with the artist because it kind of steers back to my pet photography where the whole point is the relationship that the owner has with the images that I capture and the pets that I photograph. And the, the wild animals are actually not wild animals. They're part of conservatories and ambassador programs. So they're actually domestically bred 
um, in order to educate the public on conservation efforts and dispelling myths about animals that a lot of the general public either doesn't understand very well or are afraid of. Hmm. I would work so much with wolves and foxes and I've also done stuff with tigers and coyotes because those are all animals that are considered quite misunderstood by the general public and they are threatened in their own ways in the wild. I mean, whether or not wolves are endangered keeps being an up and down topic, but the point is those animals have been eradicated from their homes and the ecosystem has suffered as a result. And people just do not know what those animals are. They have these ideas about what a wolf is. And then when they actually meet one in person, is when their whole world can change. And that's the whole point of the animals that I photograph and the animals that I bring into photo shoots is that those photo shoots are meant for whoever wants to book with us to have a different perspective on that animal. That they're not scary. They're not something to be afraid of. They're an animal that you're supposed to respect and learn from. And it's kind of adding a, a softness to creatures that most people would be way too willing to shoot down or call a fish and game to get rid of it or something of the sort when those animals kind of belong in the population and the capacity that they do. Yeah. I love that. I love, <laughs> well, living in LA, we don't, or at least I don't where I'm at, see a lot of like nature and stuff, but I grew up in like more rural areas where we had wolves, we had coyotes, oh. we had foxes and stuff. So like, kind of miss them and every time I see your images it's kind of like an awe-inspiring just like a reminisce of those days <laughs> where I could see them in my backyard but <laughs> but they're your pictures are wonderful and I'd love that you know you have a mission behind it and that it's you know helping people learn and get educated about these animals too and then also like, I know how much people love pets and everything, so to have that picture of their beloved pet, I totally get that, so that's really sweet. Thank you! <laughs> um, so, I wanted to talk a little bit about how we actually finally got to meet, which was at the Sigma event. So, um, let's talk about that, because you were actually speaking about the camera that I went to the event for. So I know that you're a Sigma ambassador, I believe. So can yeah. you talk a little bit about that, like how you got started with the brand and what being an ambassador entails? Well, I've been using Sigma lenses for essentially my entire camera career because um, nice. they have always been the brand that is kind of the alternative to all of the other camera lenses essentially the native ones because they do create native mounts for all those cameras mm -hmm. so there's definitely a price difference but there's not a quality difference because i'm sure that people look at prices and they think well native must be <laughs> but i think there isn't so i've always kind of flip-flop back and forth between using a couple of native brand lenses using sigma lenses and kind of filling my kit with whatever you possibly can because let's be honest here that you can never have too many lenses or too many cameras Although my closet would probably disagree. <laughs> We're in a tumultuous battle all the time. <laughs> you can never have enough because each piece of equipment brings something different to your work. Mm -hmm. And I actually met some of the pros of Sigma at trade shows because I used to go to trade shows working for different uh, photography educational facilities and photography publications because I tended to go and review products and try out new things and write about some of the new endeavors in the photography world. And that's actually where I met some of the pros and people from Sigma and we got to talking. Um, 
but what we got to talking about was education specifically because I had actually started teaching uh, photography workshops and doing online education and in-person classes because I've always wanted to give back to the photography community because when I started doing photography these kinds of resources were not really available let alone available to a 15 year old mm -hmm. <laughs> so now I'm looking and I'm realizing that the internet is such a powerful tool and there's so many more meetups for photographers and classes and ways for photographers to actually get some hands-on education and learn from the pros rather than having to kind of shoot random emails to professional photographers and hope that photographer has enough time to take out of their day to help them out. Yeah. So I really wanted to find some additional platforms to be able to teach photographers and connect with photographers and be able to kind of help them out with their craft and Sigma provided that for me. They actually had me do a music photography workshop prior to becoming an ambassador for them, which was just so monumental to me to be able to bring in actual bands and have people not just listen to me talk about music photography, but have the opportunity to actually photograph a real band and try out little different lighting arrangements and be able to try out Sigma equipment and see what kind of equipment works best for that kind of use. And after that, they offered me the opportunity to be an ambassador for them, in which case that I do a lot of education for Sigma. Um, I educate the public on not just their equipment because the point is not just to educate on equipment the point is to educate on photography as an art form as a whole and they've provided me with so many countless opportunities to do that and i'm so grateful to be able to again connect to so many photographers and talk to them about it uh, they had me do a really big presentation at depth of field in new york prior to this whole shutdown in which i was able to reach just such a huge huge amount of people and talk to them about my work and show them that what I do is 100% attainable and they can do the same thing and just hearing their stories and being able to answer questions from people coming up and realizing that they could not find that answer because no one would give it to them and that one answer kind of changed their entire photography world and allowed them to go and pursue something even something as simple as I've seen so much miscommunication with photographers asking about basic autofocus settings and yeah. being constantly led astray and then unable to capture shots that are in focus and then they get discouraged and kind of drop the art form when all you had to say is, oh no, in that particular model, all you got to do is click this button, this button, this button, you got it. I love that because that was kind of the, the way that you're talking about it and like giving back with education and hearing like people searching for things that they weren't given or information that wasn't available to them that was kind of the whole reason that i started my youtube channel <laughs> is because i was hearing so many people being like no i've been searching for this or this i wasn't taken seriously or this and that and um there's a weird amount of competition where people like don't want to give out information because they're like well that's my secret that's a thing that i learned <laughs> and i'm like okay you learned it but it's not necessarily a secret um, and like you can give so much back without being in competition with people Absolutely. So I love hearing you talk about just like education and giving back because I like I listened to the whole Sigma event that I went to listening to you speak and there was someone else there speaking as well and like I it's not that I was using that gear but I felt like I learned from that event as well and I've been shooting for like six seven years so it's like there's all of these things that you can go to and get that education so I love that you're offering it and that Sigma's offering it 
Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's so monumental because I know that I was scourged in the beginning of my career quite a bit because there were just basic concepts that I could not get a hold of and cannot understand because the other problem is that when you go and do a lot of formal education, I feel like they tend to talk to you as if you're already supposed to know. But the yeah, thing is, yeah. you're asking the question because you don't know. Yeah. You wouldn't ask the question if you already knew. So when they start kind of muddling everything with technical jargon, that technical jargon is great, but let's be completely honest here. How many photographers actually need it? You don't need to explain it that way. You can explain it in very simple terms. Yeah. And become a certain like, oh, I understand this now. Like I, I understand all these terms in terms of describing things, but at the end of the day, the technical jargon with no explanation does not help anybody. Yeah. You don't necessarily as a working photographer need to know on a very, very technical level how a camera works in the sense of taking the whole thing apart, looking at every component on the inside, fixing it and putting it back together. It's great knowledge to have and I completely condone people looking that up and learning how cameras work and maybe there's little things you can fix at home without needing to go send everything in. But at the end of the day, if you're taking photos, you don't necessarily need to know that. And when you get stuck in that and people use that as a way to explain a process that could be explained as easy as, oh, this setting just means this, then <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, not trying to like dumb down the craft but at least be able to simplify it to the point where people stop feeling discouraged and they're able to still go out there and make strides afterwards. Cause honestly, on a technical scale, how a camera works, I learned that so many years after I was shooting as a photographer and working as one, because I mean, I have insurance. I send it into the camera brand to fix it. I don't necessarily need to know entirely how that thing works on the inside. Yeah. And when you're using that as, how do you not know that autofocus works by this particular dial on the inside spinning over here and that motor running it? No, just tell me what the settings are and how those settings relate to what I'm shooting, such as cameras on default are on one shot. You usually need them on AI continuous if you want to photograph action. It's that simple. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like, I can definitely speak for myself and say that I don't know all of the ins and outs of camera gear and stuff. It's just something that like has been a roadblock for me to learn. And it's very discouraging when people talk to me in that way that they're like, this is all the technical like ideas of it. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Just like, <laughs> tell me in this way, because like I've, I'm just, I'm never going to take apart my camera. Like you said, like, I'll take it in. If I see that something's fixed, I need to have enough knowledge to communicate with the person that's fixing the camera. Yeah. I need to have enough knowledge to know that something is broken, but I don't need to know how to fix it on my own. So I love that you're like, you yeah. need to explain <laughs> things in another way so people can get the point across because I think that that's very overwhelming for a lot of people. And it's like, if I wanted to have everything spoken to me that way I'd read the manual you know like <laughs> exactly I mean that's actually what put me off of shooting studio for many years when I was a teenager because that was terrifying to me because they were speaking about these light sources and the way the lights work in such a technical manner that I couldn't understand and then when I actually stepped into a studio and tried it for myself I realized oh feathering is just moving it this way oh <laughs> 
now I understand how the, the power of a light bulb works. Oh, I understand how strobes work. <laughs> Rather than, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin here. I feel like I'm never going to be able to get this and I'm never going to touch it. I'm going to go back to shooting natural light only. Yeah. Incredibly limiting. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I love that. I think that we got a little like in depth on that question, but I love it because I think that's one thing that definitely turns off a lot of people. So I love that you're doing that education and everything in a way that people can understand and give back. Um, and kind of hopping across topics real quick, um, one thing that I like to talk about in my interviews is like whether or not you've experienced any like prejudices or like sexism in the industry because this is something that I started to notice later in my career and had a lot of friends come to me for like advice and information. So I just kind of bring it up in all of my interviews. So I wanted to see like what your situation was like in your industry and like your career. Have you ever experienced any of that? So I find that question always a little bit difficult to say from my own personal experiences because I have personally not experienced sexism in my industry. However, I have experienced what I would consider ageism. So I did start very young, very young, 15 years old. And of course I tried in many instances to not mention my age, not talk about how old I am, because I know that what people think about a teenager trying to work professionally is not necessarily favorable. It's always acquainted with, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They're not experienced enough. They haven't had enough time in the industry. And maybe in some cases that is true, but my case was very unique because I had graduated high school at 15. Mm -hmm. So I had all the time in the world to dedicate to my craft. And I did. I mean, I dedicated every waking hour to my work. The amount of shoots that I would do weekly was absolutely outstanding to the point where I would consider the experience level taking from then to now equivalent to someone who's been in the industry maybe two or three times longer than I have just because of the time and the dedication and the amount of work that I've put into it and the amount of education I put into it, et cetera, et cetera. And because I was working so young and I was working so heavily, I really did gain a lot of experience in a short period of time. Just to give perspective, I was doing three to four shoots a day. Like, when I started out, they were not paid because it was a way for me to get into experience and then eventually they did become paid, but it was three to four shoots a day. And I'm not just talking about, oh, I'm going to shoot three shoots of a dog or something. No, it was like different types of photo shoots per day, anything that I could possibly do to expand my own knowledge of it. So therefore I had accumulated quite a bit of experience in my career very early on. So I would always try to avoid talking about my age, knowing the ideas people had about, oh, a teenager was doing this. Cause I was, yeah. I started shooting rather large scale shows at about 18. And what 18 year old is very positively taken when they're in a photo pit with a bunch yeah. of adults or they're working with clients that are significantly older. So the moment people started kind of gathering how old I was, is when I started realizing that I was losing certain opportunities because they would automatically assume that because of my age, I could not have possibly been in that industry long enough to be able to take on larger scale clients or be able to take on more commercial oriented work because they would immediately think, oh, well, the photographer has been in it for 40 years is the one that we can actually trust and count on. 
Yeah. Um, but I was very lucky that there were definitely some musicians and clients and artists that gave me that opportunity to prove that regardless of my age, I was still capable of doing it in the same capacity that someone who had been in this industry for much longer than I am could. Yeah. And that's when things started to change. But I still experience it once in a while. I mean, there's still resentment amongst the industry and I see it more from fellow photographers than I do from my actual client base, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I do try to keep a very positive relationship with every photographer that I meet and I love bouncing ideas off of people that are just as passionate about what I do um, or what they do and I do. But there's definitely certain levels of resentment that I, I feel from people who have been in that industry for longer and feeling like they have not necessarily um, achieved certain things that I may have. But again, that's always perspective oriented because everyone has their own achievements and I don't believe that achievements can be compared in any capacity because you don't know what someone's business is. You don't know what they're going into. You don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it that way. So I don't feel like careers can necessarily be compared, but you definitely feel a little bit of negative commentary when they see someone that is significantly younger than them accomplishing certain things that maybe they set their eyes to. But I can see the same issue in music. I mean, a lot of my younger clients, there's actually a few bands that I work with that have toured internationally and are making quite a living off of their work and they're teenagers. And I've seen the older bands, instead of raising them up and kind of giving them advice and helping them out, instantly try and put them down going, oh, you're only famous because you're a kid type of a thing. And I feel like that same thing can exist in photography as well. Yeah. However, the older I get, the less I experience that. So. <laughs> I'm 26 now. I haven't experienced that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting because I mean, I was I was 21 by the time that I started shooting. So I was at the bars. I was drinking, hanging out. You know, I was I was in the scene when I started. So I I feel like I never had that ageism, but I've heard that from a lot of other people. So I appreciate you speaking on it because I do think it is a thing and. Um, it is funny that it comes from fellow photographers and it kind of goes back to that competition thing. It's like, you don't know what other people's goals are. You know, there's no reason for you to be competing with someone because like everyone's different. Everyone's doing their own thing, their own business. Um, so it's always interesting when it comes from, you know, others that it's like, no, we can, we can all be friends guys. Let's all be friends. Yeah. Like there's no reason for this. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I see, I mean, I read the message boards online and whatnot. And I see the way that music photographers talk about each other and talk to each other. And I sit there and I think you're all fixating on such a small portion of that industry. There is a hundred percent enough yeah. bands for everyone to go around. Exactly. The problem is they all fixate on the same little bubble for some reason, rather yeah. than looking outside of and realizing there are hundreds of bands that are just waiting there for a photographer to come over and help them yeah. out. Yeah. They're actively asking, but everyone's so fixated on that one little thing. Yeah. That's where the competition brews because they're fixated on something that I don't actually know why they need to be fixated on that one little spot. But then they become just so obsessed with it that the competition brews there because obviously if you're looking at a group of five bands, there's only so many photographers that can shoot them mm. versus a group of 5,000 sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> so there's definitely enough work to spread around. The problem is that they're, they're so isolated. <laughs> they just don't see the opportunity elsewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally get that. Like LA is huge. There's so many bands here. There's so oh, many yeah. things to do. And um, like we're both in the same kind of community and I don't feel like you're stealing my clients and I have to like go do something else, you know? It, yeah. it just like doesn't make sense to have that competition. You can't steal a client. The client either likes how you do work or they don't. Yes. And the thing is not, it's completely okay for the same band to work with different photographers. I oftentimes encourage it because then they get a different look, a different Feel, perspective yeah. on it. So it's, the, the concept of competition can be like its own podcast yeah. in its own way, like whether competition exists or not, but I don't believe it exists in the capacity that other people are making it out to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, very cool. So I am going to wrap this up because we have been talking for so long, but I loved <laughs> all of this. Um, the last thing is I just wanted to end really quickly on like, if you had one piece of advice to give to anyone starting in concert photography or photography in general, um, what would you say to them? Be an honest, genuine and respectful person is what I can say. And I'm not trying to say that to throw shade at anything. It's just treating others with respect, even if they don't necessarily show you that same level of respect really does go such a far way. It shows yeah. that you're reliable, that you're dependable, that people can actually speak to you. And that's really all there is to it because you can build your craft yourself. You can show off your talent you can be skillful but if you're not a person that people feel like they can talk to mm -hmm. you've already lost the battle <laughs> i love that well thank you so much for joining me uh, like i said before i'm actually gonna insert some pictures of yours in this so people can <laughs> see your work i'm also going to link all of your stuff below in the description so guys go check out all of annabelle's stuff because it's amazing <laughs> so um i'll hopefully have everyone everyone go send your love to Annabelle, like seriously. Um, and if you're in LA, um, I know that you do classes often. So maybe I'll link like once this whole thing is over that people can actually start going to your classes again. So all of that information will be below. And again, Annabelle, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I had such a good time talking to you. So thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so good to see you again. Thanks for listening to this whole interview. I know this was a long one, but such good information in it. So thank you again for listening to Women in the Photo Pit, a music photography podcast. Please follow and share this podcast with your friends and others who may be interested. Your support will help me get the word out and support these other incredible women. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.